Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good, The Bad and The Cree. I'm Sean Smith and he's The Cree. How's it going, Chris? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm quite hungry, so I'm looking forward to having breakfast after this, but uh, I'm good, I'm good. Everything, everything... Stop talking about breakfast because I'm getting hungry. <laughs> um, so, today, Chris, we have a, a very special edition. We've uh, unofficially titled this podcast the uh, Autosport Have No Taste and We Know Better podcast. Um, which yeah, I'd like to explain what we're going to do. A few weeks ago, Autosport pissed both of us off. Because a few weeks ago, they released a top 10 list of their best looking F1 cars ever. Yep. Like we're talking from the beginning of time. Well, the 50s. And they're wrong. Yeah. And they're like deadly wrong. Because they're wrong. They're just wrong. That's a strong In art. so many different ways, they're wrong. And that's going to do it for this podcast, no, not really. Um, no. no. So uh, basically, they, they made one very big. Uh, stipulation that oh we're not going to have any cars from the 2009-2016 era and we're like <laughs> are you not and uh so yeah we're now going to essentially say the be same. a bit more diplomatic and actually have a nice spread of cars from every single era exactly apart from the 70s because all the 70s cars are ugly well actually no apart from well no there's one groundish effect car in the list yeah, but therefore, well, that's from the any end. ground effect car that didn't include a front wing is definitely not on the list because they're horrible. Yep. So no seventies cars. In fact, I think that's the only decade we haven't got anything from. Out in the fifties, but that's. No, I'm sure we had like anyway. It doesn't matter. No, I've got the years. There's the uh, the earliest. They got nineteen sixties, and then we have got the eighties. There's no seventies cars. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to do the uh, top ten, the real top ten, the diplomatically decided by us top ten, because what we did was we got a load of cars and then listed them and then combined the scores and. We came up with an eventual winner. Low score one, as it were. But uh, yeah. Yes, we picked 10 cars ourselves. Yep. Listed them and then had an argument about which of our 10 cars each should make it into the top 10 list. It was the most, uh, probably the most easy argument we've ever had. Well, I mean, we came to a general consensus at the end. Yeah. And our number one is genuinely our number one. Yeah. Not like <laughs> fudging or anything. No. So, yeah, so here we go. We're going to go top 10 best-looking F1 cars of all time. Uh, shall we start at number 10, Chris? Because I think that's probably probably the, the right place to start. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, number, yeah, of number, number 10. Number 10 is... Now, you do realise you have to do that for every single one. Oh, I will. Don't you worry. <laughs> number 10 is... Go on, Chris. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mistalba C32. This wasn't. This was. Was this my pick? Yeah, I it was. Yeah, it, was. it was one that I one that I thought of, but I, yeah, it was a. Uh, it's your pick. Yeah, it was my the pick. The 2013 just... Salva C32. So this was the year of vanity panels. Yes. But the and end. basically, where you just ended up with lots of high-nosed, thin-nosed cars. Um, you know, you just have to look at the Ferrari and go, "Hmm, that's a bit wrong." <laughs> well, they had the, the, that was the one three eight. I think it was called the F138, the Ferrari, and it was a it was a big boy. It had a big bulbous nose, but the Salba. But the Salba, no, the Salba looked nice because the, how the way that they'd incorporate the step because this was the era of the stepped noses, yep, which I liked. The way they incorporated the stepped, it was quite nice, clean, and they made it look as if it was, you know, it was clearly used for some aerodynamic advantage, whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, but they sort of incorporated it quite nicely yeah. and made it look it. It's it because it had quite, the, it was a clean car. It's because it had the haunches either side. It made it sort of like yeah. a little ramp, and it was oh, it was it was just it was smooth and elegant. And with the quote unquote classic Salva livery they used choose chose for that season, the sort of grey with the white and red, minimal sponsorship. Oh, I liked it. It was nice. 
it was nice, and the airbox was a nice looking airbox. Yeah. You know, the rear, as much as people hate the tall rear wings, I mean, granted, we grew up looking at tall rear wings because. I like them. You know, they're all right. I mean, you know, I, I don't get me wrong, the low fat wings from like the early 2000s were good looking wings, but, you know, you beauties in the eye beholder, and we think this is a pretty damn good looking car. But only number 10, though. But only number 10, indeed, only number now, 10. Now, of course, one thing we must say is that one reason this car went down the list is because it was sponsored by Chelsea Football Club. I mean, that's your particular reason. I didn't really give two, two tosses about the sponsorships. <laughs> Come on, Chris. It was more the actual colours of the livery uh, rather than I, I the fact to, that it had Chelsea's bags on the top of it. I, I had to make a, make a football joke somewhere. I don't know anything about At that. least they didn't do what Nissan did in the 2015 Le Mans and paint one of their cars in Manchester City's <laughs> blue, which royally pissed me off. Oh, Anyway, the 2013 Sauber was um, actually it was an amazing car. They had the 2012 car before that, the C31, which uh, carried, which was bloody which, good, it was brilliant. Uh, the C32 held a lot of that car's uh, heritage in terms of its its ability to look after its tyres, its ability to really, really, really dig itself in uh, in the grip phase and sort of keep ahead of us, as Nick Hulkenberg did in the South Korean Grand Prix, and. Uh, yeah, it was. It, I think it was a solid car. It wasn't good. It wasn't, it wasn't good. Bad. It was solid. It came seventh overall, but it did score fifty-seven points, which you know, for a backmarker team as they sort of were, or going backwards very quickly thanks to their their uh, team principal. Um, it's a uh, yeah. It was fine. It was fine. It was it, almost all the points were scored by Hulkenberg, which isn't a big surprise for Gutierrez. Um, but no, we we just like it because as that that era of cars were, it was. Very shiny, light. yeah. It was very um, unaggressive. It was very, it, it was all right. It was, it, it didn't didn't upset anybody, really. Mm. It, it was, it wasn't like you know the McLaren with the stupid side pods, for example, or um, the awful noses that we saw on some cars. It wasn't the Renault R twenty uh, E twenty two, sorry, the Lotus E twenty two, for example, with exactly. it, with its uh, little offset prong noses. Anyway. That's why we like that. Yeah, a nice, solid, good start, top 10. Yeah, it was. that was a nice car. It, it, it doesn't deserve anything better than, than 10th, but we think it's a, it's, it's a good contemporary car for the time. Uh, anyway, that leads us on to number 9. The Ferrari 156, which was my Now, pick. this was one of your picks, Sean. It was. Can explain why you picked this because, particular shark known as the Ferrari? Well, that's exactly why. It is the shark nose Ferrari. It's the one which... I have a little tiny 140 no 164 scale model of Hot Wheels in my room. It's beautiful. Cigar shape. You know why I'm not a massive fan of this one? Why is that? Now don't get me wrong. I think it's a very very good looking car, you especially from the air. You what rated gets it, me? Tell you what, you rated it higher than I did on the on out of this top ten. I did, yeah. <laughs> I did list it higher, but the particular reason why I don't, why as we'll see later on, um, why this particular car wasn't particularly high on my list was because it's the overhangs. They just doesn't quite. The wheelbase and the overhangs and sort of the proportions of the vehicle don't quite, for me, work. It looks a bit too short and a bit too stubby, and it looks very Formula 2. I'll give you that, you know. but I think that's because Formula 2 cars and F1 cars were pretty similar at the time. Well, yeah, because they were, what, one and a half litres? Yeah, they, like I, think, I think they were still using the F2 format, as it were, back in the early 60s. Hmm. But, you know, it was... As 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 they say, Chris, good win, winning cars are good-looking cars. And this, car, this car did do some winning. It's a uh, one in nineteen sixty one, which is the Shark Nose era, 
and it also won when it wasn't a shark nose, but we'll ignore that because it's not it's not the uh, the shark nose. But anyway, no, the shark nose. It's it's iconic. It's a car which you can have pictures of on your wall, and you go, that was a interesting and good looking car, and it was different because not not. And it was actually the proper color of red. Yes, unlike unlike their uh, orange car they're running today. Was it actually orange? It looks orange on on the onboard. It's it's red. Oh, yeah. For those who um, are wondering, this was recorded during the post-pandemic Austrian Grand Prix. Well, I don't know about post-pandemic, but the yeah, the pandemic Austrian Grand Prix. Post-pandemic <laughs> lockdown of F1. Anyway, but yeah, this is is a, it, you're right. It is has got some interesting proportions, but you know it it does a good job of it. It's it's still got the big. I like I've always liked the big number on the front. I think that sort of offsets. Uh, the car compared to some others of the time, but then again, yeah, they didn't just slap it on the nose; they put it at an angle and made it look cool. Yeah, and you know, Shark Nose, it's, it's, it's a famous car. We've put it at number nine. Was it... Did um... Sterling Moss, the other bloke, the one who won on a bike? Oh, uh, John Surtees. Yeah, did John Surtees drive it? Uh, he eventually did the 1963 version. Uh, the original Shark Nose had about 17 million drivers in it, but that's because for that it. But uh, yeah, it was it was cool. It had Phil Phil Hill. He drove for it. Uh, Wolfgang von Trips. He did he did well as well. Uh, so that's they were sort of the main drivers back then. But uh, no, uh, 30s did eventually drive the 156, not Shark Nose variant in 963. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it's a good looking car. I, th- I think it's deserving on this top 10 because of its classic shape, even though Chris doesn't like it. Well, no, it's not that I don't like the shape. You don't like the overhangs. Like. Yeah. But uh, also, I, I think there's a thing for skinny wheels. I, I like the old skinny wheels of the 60s. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't do, Well, I think there's a limit to it. I think that Ferrari, in my opinion, is pushing the limit of how skinny tyres look good. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. fair. So there you go. That's that's uh, number nine. Which takes us on to, because this is going to be hopefully. We're not going to have a seven hour long podcast here. Number eight. Which I think is your choice, is it? Or is it my choice? This is my choice. I think it was half. No, this is it's my... not my choice because it was number 10 on my choice. No, this is my choice. The Lotus. The, the Lotus. The, J- the classic JPS Lotus 98T. Which isn't from 1998, as you know, some cars call themselves. This is from no. 1986. The... Now, the reason I ever. Every, if you. If you ask anybody, the. They will say their best looking car will be this car. Yep. And it's down to one thing. My mum said this. JPS livery. Yep. Yep. And I, if you take the JPS livery away, it looks horrendous. It's not because great. Because I love the single pillar beam from the rear wing, but it's so big, it's bulky, it's bulgy, the driver's in the wrong position, the nose is really short and stubby, and then it's the front a, wing is it's a front wing is nice, but... It's everything from about the front wing backwards to the rear wing is horrible. <laughs> but it has because got it's J- just big and bulging. But it has got JBS colours, and that's why it's number eight. Which is why it's on the list. <laughs> the only reason it's on this bloody list. No, it's got a couple of reasons. So the JPS Lotus ninety eighty, first of all, it was a really good car. Um and also Oh yeah, it would championships. I don't know. I think, didn't uh, it? Hang on. Did it win a championship? No, it came third. Oh, one race is them. It won two races, eight podiums, eight pole positions. Eight pole positions? Jesus Christ. How, for you. how did they convert so few into wins? Oh, Colin okay. Chapman for you. <laughs> yeah, fair point. B- b- built, to a, built to a budget. Anyway, but no, it was. Uh, 
I think it, that there are aspects that look good. I like the big rear wing. I like the big rear tires and smaller front tires. I think it's and and uh, you know for a ground effect car, it's not bad compared to earlier Lotuses and also some other boxy cars of that '80s era. It's it's all right. It's it's got some smooth uh, curves to it, which is always preferable in my opinion, unless you're a Lada. But uh, I just think it just look, doesn't look elegant. Elegant. No. You know, to me, an F1 car is elegant, form factor is quite strong, um, and it looks fast while standing still. This just looks like a big blob, big black and gold blob. <laughs> Chris, we're meant to be having the uh, top 10 best looking F1 cars of all time here. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. On my list, it was number 10, yes. predominantly because I couldn't disagree, because Sean picked it. Yeah. So it had to be on my list at some point. So I'll put it at number 10. If it was on my actual list, I don't know how far it would be down. But. <sighs> It's just the livery's fine. I would have picked the 72 if it was me. I prefer the 72 over the 98. Why on earth would you pick I think the 72 is much better. No, not the Lada. The, no, the Lotus 72. I didn't, I didn't say Lada. I said, why would you pick the Lotus 72? What, the red one? The red, oh, why the, would I pick the, the red it's one? Looking it's more, what? The red one or the JPS one? The JPS one. Okay. Because then you've still got the JPS logo, and I think the car looks a lot better. No, because that... Because it's low, it's sleek, no, it looks fast. because that Lotus looks like... It's a... still got your big rear tyres, no. it's still got your big rear wing, it's got the JPS logo. No, because it, 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 it looks like a wedge of cheese. And this one doesn't just look like a block of cheese. <laughs> Moving it's on. a block of cheese with a wedge of cheese on the front. Moving on. Uh, so it's a divisive car, um, as all cars from the 80s really are. Uh, it also sounded brilliant. That's another reason. But uh, I will admit, it did sound brilliant. But, that's, but these are the best-looking F1 cars. And I rated it number four. Chris rated it number ten. That's why it's number eight on our list. Um, JPS colours, well done. You get, the, you get to the top ten because of that. Let's move on to number seven. Chris, this is your choice. Oh, this was my pick. This was BTBT, the Brabham BT52, which I think looks fantastic. From was it? Eighty-three, early eighties. I've got Chris. I've got, I've, got the, I've got the year next to the picture that you, I, I sent you. Oh shit! Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, so it was a nineteen eighty-three Formula One car made by Brabham. I think Bernie Eccleston ran them at the time. Yep. I want to say it was Gordon Murray was the designer. Um. And yeah, basically the reason I chose it is because standing still it looks bloody fast because of the way the aggressive it's an arrow, arrow shape. shape. Yeah, it's an arrow shape. Yeah, the aggressive arrow shape. The fact that they stuck the radiator um, all the way back to pretty much the rear tires. Yeah, you couldn't really get further back to be honest. You couldn't get any further back, and then the front wing is arrow shaped, and then you've got this nice, lovely, sleek, slender, elegant sort of fuselage cockpit. Where the driver sits, nice low down and hunkered in the car. I think it also helps that it's got the BMW engines at the time. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because that it's because of the color scheme. It's it's and it's because it has BMW powertrain, and it it look it fits it very well. And I just think the whole thing just looks stunning from a a nineteen nineteen eighties car. I think I rated this. Yeah, I rated this number nine because I don't like Brabham, but um, I'll say I don't like Bernie Eccleston, so I couldn't rate it higher. But it is a it is an iconic looking car. Definitely, because it's it's sort of a cross between those sort of wedge cars, and also the uh, the modern quote unquote silhouettes that we see later on into the late eighties and early nineties. Um, well, no. I think the reason that it, the teams didn't go this way was predominantly down to ground effects. I think it was only a couple of years later where ground effects took over and cars looked as they did, like the ninety eight T. Yeah, which I think was a big shame because you've gone from this nice, lovely, slender looking Formula One car to these big, bulky looking aerodynamic aggressive cars. It reminds me in a way of the uh, the current IndyCar, the Dallara DW12B. 
with the arrow, with the sort of the flared out arrow shape. You can see the front wheels sort of by themselves, the rear wheels covered up by lots of bodywork and aerodynamics, and you know they don't they don't stand out as much. And they have, but you know, that's 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 by the by. That's that's that's. that's, yeah, that's not, I can I can see where you're getting at, but I disagree. It's, mainly, it's the picture that I've put on the document. That that picture, Probably, that, yeah. that picture in particular looks a bit a bit like the Delara, but yeah. Uh, the uh, you know it was yeah and I think what quite helps is the way that um, the body bodywork has been shipped on the car is you can see the suspension routing yeah where that the suspension goes into and it, it creates nice and almost like a quite a muscular front end because it looks like you know you've got a bit of a bit of muscle there a muscular uh, front end because you've got a bit of muscle there good good, good yeah, words there Chris <laughs> now, I don't know. Um, but yeah I, I think it's a stunning looking car. And that's why I rated it third on my list. Cool. Well, it was also quite successful. It raced 15 times, won four races, came third place overall, and it also won the driver. It also won the drivers' championship for Nelson Piquet. So. No, oh, well, there we go. There you go. As you say, good-looking cars are fast cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I rated number nine, but hey-ho. right. Let's move on to the other BMW on our list, number number six, which is the Williams FW22 from 2000, or as we know well, it. This was your. It was. Now, this is quite interesting, seeing as I'm not a big fan of Jensen Button, I'm not a big fan of Williams, and I'm not a big fan of BMW, but I like this car because it's... Because 2000s F1 cars, like the very turn of the century ones, where they're morphing from the very, very, very good-looking late 90s cars, which which Autosport didn't like, but they're wrong, uh, and also moving into the mid-2000s cars, the aerodynamic eras, this is the sort of rectangular, squared off, high noses in particular, because I like high, line, high noses. Uh, oh, I won't call it particularly high. It's but... quite high compared to, to, you know, what, say, the Ferrari F2003, for example, would, would eventually become. Yeah, I suppose as, as sort of, you know, the late 90s went on into the early 2000s, the noses did eventually slowly creep they came, up. They came down, they came up again, they came down again, but yeah. It's, um, yeah, it, but I think BMW's... Uh, livery here with lots of sponsors because you know there was lots, lots of money back then uh it it's again it's got similar sort of blue and white aggression uh livery that the brabham has i think it's very again again it looks it looks like a tough car it was it what it wasn't brilliant it came third but and it got a few podiums but it was absolutely do, like destroyed by the mclaren and ferrari of that year but you know it it actually set it, it did it set a uh, set a trend for Williams and BMW which would carry on for the next few seasons and probably nearly the next what nine years no BMW Williams they they went from 2000 to 2005 so but um yeah but this this car again it's... I think it set a precedent well not this car but this particular you know that year I think this was one of the best looking cars of the year um, and I think that particular year set a precedent for the next sort of five years of how the cars were going to look, yeah, you know, because this was at the beginning of when computer-aided design was beginning to come in, so all the the angles and the and, and the bodywork and the panels were all beginning to be squared off and yeah. aerodynamically shaped using computer simulation. It and is, I think it is squared off definitely compared to say our next car, um, but you know, you you still have a big rear, big rear wing, solid rear wing that you know you know is doing all the downforces. It has a big front wing. It has. Yeah, you know, even with the groove tires, it's it's it actually sort of still proportionally looks right. Um, and you know, yeah, it's it's 
Yeah, it's a it's a natural F1 car, unlike the forced ones we have these days, where the noses are forced to the floor and that sort of thing, and the the rule makers have basically just dictated what they look like. This is a car where, apart from the groove tires and the width, which restrictions were at the time, that's a car which they've gone right. What can we do in this space? Here we go. Yeah, with the limitations of the technology they had at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. Good. I'm glad you agree. We also agreed more or less. Well, that's why we put it. We also mostly agree. That's yeah. why it's sixth. Well, yeah. You, you, you rated it sixth. I rated it fifth. But, you know, it's probably the closest we've got out of all of these. Oh, no. Apart from one other. Uh, for for, for where, where it should be on the list. Right. Let's go to the top five. Number five. The 1997 McLaren MP4 12. Chris, this, now, this, 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 is your, quite... this is your number one. Yeah, this was my number one. This was, in my opinion, the best-looking Formula One car ever. Uh, predominantly because I grew up in the early 2000s, late 90s, so you know, this was the type of Formula One car we're seeing at the time, which is why the Autosport list was so, so wrong, in our opinions, Offensive. because the people who did that list were probably grew up in the 70s and the 80s. Yep. Um, but no, to me, this was the last year of... Slicks. Groove oh, sorry, the last year of Slicks. And so you had a lovely pair of, uh, I think it's Goodyear they on look, that McLaren. They look like Goodyear's, mate. They look like Goodyear's. Um, it had it was the first year of the West livery, which went on to be very successful for the next what three or four years. Yeah. Um, with uh, Mika Hakkinen. More than that. Uh, well, the, the, this color scheme, this, this color scheme lasted all the way until the. Uh... Well, yeah, the, the color scheme did. The West. Ah, in particular didn't. West. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. In particular West, you know, it went on through to Vodafone and then out to what. 2012, I think, was the last time yeah. that colour scheme raced. Sort of, yeah. A, a similar colour scheme race. Um, so it was a nice, simple livery design with a sort of grading white to grey to black sort of liveries. It had that lovely triangular air scoop. The rear wing was nice and low. Sort of the whole cockpit was very... I think this was just before they changed the rules to allow... To, I think they changed it, adjusted some bits and pieces that was the reason why I didn't choose the championship-winning 98 car. I can't particularly remember it. See, I, I, I would have picked the 98 car over this. but No, I particularly like this just predominantly because it ran slicks. And I think the nose looks better. And I think the whole sort of the, the silhouette of the car down 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 the full length of the wheelbase just looks better. It looks a lot more low-profile compared to That's predominantly its, its why successors. I, like it. I think, yeah, yeah, compared to 98 and 99, which got the boxiness. This is still a very rounded-off car. Yeah. Um, but it's also got the the 90s and early 2000s look where everything's f on top it's flat you look at the uh the engine cover it's completely flat apart from like the little kick-ups for air for, for the scoops to get the air o around the rear tire um it is a good looking car and i hate mclaren but it's uh i i, I have always liked those sort of cars where because i, I like i love mccacken so i'm fine with it um but no, you're you're right. It's 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 minimalist again. It's it's what they were trying to come back to when uh, they brought in the 2009 regulations. The sort of the the lack of aero um, on a nice compact little F1 car to to, to do racing. Mm. But uh, yeah. and I think what what gets me every time is when you look back at the 1997 season. You were, at no point when I was growing up did I ever think the West McLaren raced against the Rothmans Williams. No, and it did. In 1997, you, if you look at videos back to 1997 season, the West McLaren raced against the Rothmans-Williams, which to me is just, just weird. What, different eras? Yeah, just different eras. You know, you've got this era of livery from the 90s through to the 
you know the late nineties, and then you've got this next succeeding era from the late nineties to the early to mid two thousands. You know, they're both very ironic, I, ironic iconic <laughs> liveries that you just when you think about, it, you go, oh, wait, they did actually race against each other. Yeah, no, that's fair. But um, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. I prefer some other cars, but it's 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 yeah. I can I can see where you're coming from. I can, I, I appreciate where the car went, so I can I can give the the award compared to its predecessor, which was the um, the white and red quote unquote Penske colours. Well, it was orange. It wasn't really red. Is it? The Marlboro Yeah, the the last Marlboro Mercedes McLaren was more orange than red, in my opinion. Okay. I mean, if you look at the nose of the '97 car, that's red. Yeah. All right. Whereas I thought, in my well, in my opinion. The, the Marlboro livery from the year before was more orange. That's fair. I'll give you that. But either way, compared to that car, which I've never really liked, um, yeah, the West, the West McLarens, they are iconic and they are definitely worthy of being on this list somewhere. Whether or not it's that model, that's up for debate. But, uh, you know, fair play to you, Chris. That's a, it's, a, it's a good choice. But not as good a choice as number uh, four. Yeah. I lost. I've I've ordered this this sheet in a really stupid way. So that so the positions on the right hand side. Anyway, number four, the Ferrari F ninety two A, and also the Delara of the same year. But um, yeah, let's talk about this one, Chris. Italy, it's Italy's second best car on this list. I mean, I rated this not quite as high as Sean did, predominantly because I'm not a fan of the side pods. I think the actual silhouette of the car from the nose. I think the nose is gorgeous. You're not I a fan the of the nose. side pods. Get I'm out. not a fan of the side pods. I think the oval side pods are a bit meh. You know, if they had rectangular side pods like that, I think it was the 1990 Ferrari did. I think it would be stunning, no. and it probably would go at the top of the list. Absolutely not. But I think. With the, the oval side pods, I'm not a fan of them. Are you, I think from the side are you going to tell me that the Ferrari F310 side pods aren't good looking? F310. The original 96 car that Michael Schumacher had and Eddie Irvine. You don't know, do you? No, I know. I, rem I, I remember which one it is. No, I don't think that's stunning at all. Wow, okay. Wow. That's why it's not on this list, it, Sean. Only that's why it's Only because I didn't push it. Anyway. True. But no, the, so, 92A, the year I was born, so the best year ever. This was one of the worst Ferraris ever made. <laughs> Didn't it run an outdated V12? Uh, yep. Had the, it still had its... That was incredibly fuel-heavy, unefficient, incredibly fuel-unefficient. It was ahead of its time, um, though, with its gearbox. It did, did have a seven-speed semi-automatic. Yeah. yeah, but did that keep breaking? Yes. So, <laughs> this car, out of the uh, 16 races, so... You can that. That's thirty-two entrants. Uh, it finished one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Only eleven times out of thirty-two that year. That wow. is that is atrocious. That is horrific. They fit. They still somehow scored twenty-one points and finished fourth in the championship. But that this car is absolute trash. But it's good looking because it's got the super thin nose, and it's. Yeah, it's it's also got the as we said before, it's got the the correct proportions, big chunky tires, a thin rear wing, a big bulky rear wing. Uh, it's very compact in its nature throughout the car from front to back. That's why it's up here, not because of its performance, because its performance was absolutely atrocious. 
yeah, I think from an, an you know going back to the whole F1 cars meant to be elegant vehicles, not big bulky things. Um, you know, it meets that criteria. You know, you've got as you see, as you rightly see, you've got that nice, lovely, slender nose with the questionable side pods, <laughs> um, and the rear wings just suit it, or the rear and front wing just suits it nicely with the. The, the different size rear and front tyres. I've I mean, always liked nice the taller rear wings which they had on this this car. When you look at the picture I've got in the document, that's the silhouette mm -hmm. that I like. That, yeah, that's, that's I, I suppose front it's front. a lot better than you know when you've got if you look at the ninety seven car where the rear wings a little bit lower. Yeah, it looks it looks out of place. It looks like it should be a bit taller or a bit thinner. Well, um, yeah, I think the proportions of the rear wings are slightly off, but you know. But no, the ninety two car. As a as a quintessential '90s lack of you know aerodynamic wizardry, it's gorgeous. But mm. but not as gorgeous as our next choice. Now my my number one, number three, the Red Bull RB5 early edition. Yeah, so this is the pre duck build, the nose. pre platypus Red Bull. So this is 2009's. Red Bull contender that pretty much nearly took them the title had Braun not existed, not existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, which they almost didn't. Which they almost didn't. Yeah, you're right. Now, Chris, it I'm offended. Started this car the dominance eight. of Red Bull. Yes, it did. It's the, it was the turn of the era. Well, unless you count Toros as winning Monza. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so I'm offended that you put this eighth. I did, yeah. I don't think it's a very good-looking car. What do you mean you don't like a good-looking car? It's, it's, it's got exactly the same stuff as the, the 92. What do you mean? It's no, I think, it's, I think it's too thin. I think the nose is too thin. I think the wing, the front wing struts are too gangly, and it looks like it's going to fall off. That's I think good. That was too... on particularly on this particular vehicle, which I think looks like it's from Monza, yep. um, I think the rear wing's too small. I think the airbox is too small. I can see, you know, you can see it's an Adrian Newey designed car because you've got those big... Shrink well, you've got the shrink wrapped, sort of everything shrink wrapped, and then you've got these big aerodynamically um, efficient side pods that sort of bulk out and make the, the car look big and sort of chunky in the middle. And I can see why you like it so much, but it, to me, it just, I look at it and go, it's eh, it's a bit of eh. You're a bit of eh. Yeah, it, uh... no, it's 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 gorgeous. It is compare. I think what put it number one for me is because it was the only good-looking car of two thousand and nine. It was. I mean, I disagree. I think the brawn looks pretty. It's not looking. the brawn is boring. The brawn is safe. The only reason the brawn is bo the brawn is boring is because it couldn't do anything with it. It's a safe car. There's nothing. It's not offensive. It's uh, it's just it's. All I'm going to say is a world championship winning car. Therefore, it's fast. Therefore, it's good looking. Very, very good point. But this car should have won. Uh, <laughs> no, it's this car only didn't win because it didn't have a double diffuser at the start. It's Red Bull's fault. Fair point. You know, I would have thought somebody of Adrian Newey's stature would have been able to figure <laughs> it out. Honda clearly did. Yeah, very clearly. But no, anyway. Honda and Toyota? Didn't Toyota have a double diffuser? Toyota had a triple diffuser. Oh, was it a triple diffuse? Yeah, they really went went above board. Anyway, but the RB the RB five Red Bull. No, I don't like the front wing when they made them about four football fields wide. Um, if it had had the proportions of the year before, I think this car would be easily number one. Um, but 
Fin, fin, as I said before, I like cars which have fin noses, fin proportions. I don't like the big blobby noses they have of the cars coming up or the cars right now. That's why I'm enjoying the 2020 F1 cars compared to 2019, where they've, where Renault, for example, have and also Red Bull, funnily enough, have uh, have made their noses thinner, more compact. I think it looks considerably better. But 2009, again, you didn't have dictated aerodynamics in terms of how high or low you could put the the, the nose so high nose f1 cars in my opinion it reminds me of the 2000s the early 2000s and the 90s that's the era i like this car is is also got the slender lines of 2009 where they got rid of all the clutter on the on the uh uh on the on the top of the side pods um it's it's just it's streamlined it looks fast because it's it's so slippery in, t in terms of its uh silhouette that's why i, I put it so high um so there. Also, I like the the tall, narrow rear wings. I, I just do. I think they they looked good. They look they remind me again probably of the eighties uh, and nineties stuff. Yeah, where you have the the, the the rear wing out the back, and then so you had the rear wing strut out the back, and then the, the rear wing was mounted onto the struts in. Yeah. In inherently, it made it higher. Yeah, and I think compared, especially when you look at the Ferrari F F sixty. Is that it? Yeah, the awful goblin car. I think that's the F60. Um, and then also the, the god-awful McLaren of that year. Um, and the Renault. The Renault was atrocious. Um, and yeah, so many of the cars of that year, the Red Bull stands out. And that's why I put it so high. And that's why it's ended up at number three. Equal third, we have to say, just to reduce the way. But we, uh, we had to give way to this second place car, which is uh, definitely deserved. Oh. Number two! Oh, what a fantastic looking car this is. This is the Honda RA272 from 1965. And it is magnificent. From Not just from a looks point of view, because it's that sort of classic cigar shape. You still have the thin tyres, but they didn't look out of proportion. I think the overhangs looked magnificent because of the long, uh, the long front nose. Yep. I think the livery in its crisp white with the, 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 the rising sun on the top. You have those lovely angular numbers like we mentioned on the, the, the Ferrari 156, 156 earlier. Uh, and then you had the gorgeous 1.5 litre V12 sitting behind the driver That's still quad that, exhaust. We, we mentioned this before, last time we mentioned on, on, on uh, this show, but that still shocks me that they managed to get a 1.5 litre V12. I know, and it was oh, it's just a glorious looking car. I just I just imagine the stress levels that are inside that engine. <laughs> yeah, that's why they get, only the Japanese could have done it. Only the Japanese could have done it. Um, it's still, and I think it's just a magnificent looking car. It is a magnificent looking car. Uh, we both put it sort of mid table, sort of fourth, fourth, did, fourth yeah. and fifth. But as a collective, that shows that it's a it's 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 a universally beautiful car. Mm. Um, it did win a race. Was it the first or the second Honda win? I can't remember. It run with... I think it won with Certes in it. Uh, no, it was Richie Richie Gidfer, whoever he is. Richie Gidfer won. He, he won in Mexico. See, it's a race winner, therefore it's a good-looking car. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it is. Do you remember like, in 2006 when they had the Honda adverts during the, the uh, ITV F1 breaks? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, yeah, and they would go through like the era, that's and right. then this would show up. Yeah, and you'd be like, whoa! <laughs> you'd be like, whoa, that's be, a good looking It'd be car. doing a jump over something. Um, and then some horrific 
Planet Earth car would show up at the end. No, no, no. That was the year before. It was the, the BAR car that turned up. Oh, it was a bit. All right, fair enough. Anyway. Oh, yeah, because that's right. Because we did like the Powerboat. That's right. Then you had the BAR coloured. Well, no, because it was Honda then. I'm pretty sure it was Honda, but they kept the colour scheme. It's the same thing. Yeah, well, it is the same thing. It's, it's British American tobacco, so anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, no, you're right, because especially with this car's uh, overhang at the front, which gives it, you know, for safety's sake, I'm sure it made it infinitely safer than the Ferrari F156. Yeah, I'm sure that very thin aluminium <laughs> sheathing with the bare minimal um, tubular space frame would have done some, some safety things, definitely. I, I've always liked this car because of the back, because you can see almost the whole engine. Yeah, you can see the gearbox and all that sort of stuff. Just you can see the gearbox, you can the see the linkages. You can see the, you know, you can see the the knuckle joints in the in the axles. Oh, just just yeah, I, I just love you know it. everything. You just the, what I think is good about it is with a modern F one car, everything's covered up, so you can't actually look at anything. No, you know, you look at you go to like an auto spot show and you look at it and go, no, oh, it's an F one car, and then you'll have a bit of a look at it and go, right, let's go on to the next thing. Yeah, you look at that and you're like, oh, let's have a look at how they. Attached, yeah, you, you, put, you, point, you point out the, the drive shaft and how they've got, yeah, exactly. You can point out everything, you know. Oh, there's the front linkages for the uh, for the um, front axles, and you know, you can on the car, you can see where they can adjust the front suspension because you've got the mountings on the bodywork, yeah. You can see the wishbones, you can see where, yeah, as you say, where everything is literally mechanically connected together. Uh, you can see all the everything that's actually working together. Now, we've had this, this conversation through this core cast about the slicks versus groove tires, this thing. Had all weather. Yeah, did you? They, they weren't slicks at the time. No, they were all weather. They were all treaded. Probably, I don't think they were running a Japanese manufactured tyres. They were probably running something like a, a Goodyear. Or, uh, they were. Denmark, probably. Yep, they were running Goodyears. Oh, good guess. That was a good guess, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I think, you know, this... I think what's quite good of it is, if you stick a front nose on that, stick an airbox and a rear wing, it's got a 1990s Formula 1 car no, you really don't. You might do. No, you really don't. <laughs> you might do. You have a seventies car at best. Well, maybe a seventies car. Yeah. But no, it's it's. There's a lot to be said for cars which don't have sponsors all over them, and they just have either national colours or uh, manufacturer colours, which is what this car hmm. is. It's literally number, name, flag, and the driver's name. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But uh, very beautiful car and. Uh, if you don't if you don't like white cars, then you're wrong, because this is gorgeous. Mm. So there, but um, now we've been putting this off, Chris. We've been having this podcast now for forty minutes, but we're just delaying the inevitable. Number one, the best looking F1 car of all time. Thank you, Autosport. Is Chris? I see a Ferrari F10. It is from 2010. It is. It's just, it fits everything. It fits the bill, you know. The front wing doesn't look out of place. It's nice and clean, but there's a few aerodynamic elements from there. The body's sleek. You've got that nice rear wing. You've got the shark fin that sort of makes the whole rear end look more complete. And aggressive. You've got the nice, look and aggressive. You've got the nice lovely Coke bottle area in feeding into, was it a blown diffuse back then? I think it was a blown diffuse. It was getting to there, but I don't, I don't know if it was yet. But it was, it was. Yeah, and then, yeah, go on. But no, it's, it's you're right. From the F10, from the tip of the nose to the rear wing, is beautiful. There is nothing that is out of place. It is. I mean, the fact they had like outbound rear, uh, not rear wings. What are they called? Um, wing mirrors. Um, 
that was that was gorgeous at the time because it, again it helped the proportions of the car it made it look a, it, even though it's a very slim car it's it made it, made it look a bit more like look at me i'm chunky and strong um the shark fin i love shark fins i don't know about you chris but i do um, uh, they can add something to a car if done well yep uh, of course this car had the uh, just had a shark fin to begin with i think it eventually had an f duct like the mclaren did mm. um it won its first race in in the Bahrain Grand Prix, the 2010 edition, um, which was a terrible race. But hey ho, um, it didn't win the championship because uh, Red Bull were a bit better, a lot better. Uh, just a bit. Uh, they yeah, were a lot better. Expensive. They weren't just a bit better. They dominated. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, the, the F10, especially again, this is compared to the car it replaced. The F60 is the most ugly car I've ever. I hate it. I hate the F60. The F10, everything's fixed. The nose looks right. Everything you can see where the aerodynamics, what the aerodynamics is trying to do, is trying to manipulate the front, the front wing, which is simple. It's only two, two or three elements on the front wing. It's not like the, you know, the Lego things that you see on on the Red Bulls nowadays. Um, the barge boards, they're not, they're not colossal like on the McLaren uh, that you like the MP4 12. Uh, um, they're they're small. And they're feeding the air around the car. The, you can see the uh, the side pods is literally there. It's it's as small as it can be, but it's big enough. It's the right proportion. And then everything's coming round, round the turning vane, round the the uh, the wing mirror, being shoved around to, to to the side pods, down to the diffuser, and up to the rear wing. It's it's a beautiful car, and everything is sort of curved. It has a little bit of a curve to it, or a sharp edge. This it's one of the two. There's not there's no sort of like glued on bits of crap that like you see these days everything is there to serve a purpose to get that car around the track as beautifully as possible so there well put and yeah, well put. And, and i think the paint scheme i think this color scheme does it well the fact that you've got you know it depended which one you've got santander sponsorships on depending the which one well they had like i think the one that we've got there is pretty nice looking because I think it shows with the, the, the flashes of white, it sort of brings out the colour of the of the red. Whereas I think it was the F, you know, the one before it was just fully red. I think, and that just looked a bit. Meh. Yeah, it was crap. I hated the F60. But no, especially when you see the car with the whole red rear panel, uh, which I'm going to send Chris a picture of right now. Um, it's actually no, I can't because I've closed Facebook. Never mind. But the you had the multiples. You had the barcode, which looks a bit shit. You had the. Uh, the sort of what looked like the top of the Marlboro packet, which was quite nice. That's on, on on a few of them. Then you had the just simply red uh, scheme that we have um, pictures as well. And it's that's thing. It looked good. It was a proper F1 car. It wasn't dictated to by rules and how and where you can put the nose and where you can't. It was just literally. I mean, it was a little bit. No, you, you didn't have a, a you didn't you weren't forced to have your nose on the floor or or for fifteen. No, but you were forced to have your nose higher. Why? Oh, because they didn't want cars submarining. That's why they forced the nose higher. Yeah, but that's even even more stupid considering what they did later and forced them to the ground. Yeah, I know, I know. But that's why they they raised the nose of all the cars because they didn't want them submarining. Well, it doesn't matter. But the fact is, it's 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 a good, it's it's the right shape. If it, it's the fact that I I also like as I said before with um the Sauber, the nose is where they sort of if you look straight on it has a sort of U shape to it. Where where you can see where the suspension are because that's what that's what they were doing at the time they were putting the suspension arms really really high to get um, just better dynamics out of the car um, and that created the sort of haunches over the rear suspension the front suspension sorry 
um, and I really liked that 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 uh, that look to the car because it gave it a, a sense of um, sort of fluency. If that's that's a good word in Scrabble, but uh, go, on, Chris. What else do you have to add about? No, we, no, we, we, we we both put this car second, which meant it came first. Yeah. And I think with the return of, because I think it's just two years after the return of Slicks. Yeah. I think, you know, they, they just added to the whole package of the car. Especially compared to the cars that came out. So the F-150, basically the same car but with a higher nose, and it wasn't very good. And then you had the step noses of F-2012, which I liked, but most people didn't. Uh, the F-2013 had the vanity panel. The F-2014, uh, the SF-14T, or whatever it was called, uh, that was the Dyson, that was awful. Uh, and then you have then you got you have the the cars from then the Vettel era cars which you know aren't good looking apart from the F SF the SF sixteen that that, that mm. that's very pretty but but it's, but it's not as good looking as the F ten no and it sounded great because it had a V eight yeah a screaming V eight yeah that's why it's the best car so Autosport thank you for listening you're wrong. Uh, the, <laughs> that's why this is why the F10 is the best looking car because it's, it's it just fits. It's a proper F1 car. So there. Um, anything else to add, Chris? No, no. I think oh, we could do some honourable mentions because some cars where we forgot slash didn't put in. Yeah, the 1998 Benson Hedges Jordan. Yeah, exactly, 19, exactly that. <laughs> 1991 Seven Up Jordan. Yep. Um, can't think of any more. The Maserati the, the, the 250F. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the 60s. The Jim Clark Lotus? The Jim Clark Lotus, yes. Must have the Jim Clark Lotus. The 72, in my opinion. Yep. Okay. Um, All the Ferraris think... from the late 90s. What was the one before that? The 48? Was it? I don't know. Was... I'm... I can't remember. The, the, the cigar-looking Lotus from the same era as the RA yeah. 272 Honda. That was a good-looking yep. car. All, basically all the 90s, late 90s cars. Because most of them. Well, okay. I quite like the Tyrrell from that year. The, the or one where they had, I think it's when it was a Tyrrell Yamaha. They had oh the, that one. Yeah. The interesting looking nose where there wasn't really a centerpiece in the middle. It was all sort of like a bat wing. Yeah, that's a cool car. Yeah. Tyrrell Yamaha. Um, we're not gonna put the six wheeler car because that's just looks ugly. Yeah, that's just wrong. Uh, what else? The the arrow, the orange arrows. Yep. The spiker. Yep. Minardi's? No, not really. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but uh, no, that's. I think that's that's probably it. That I can think of. Mm. No, it's basically none of the modern cars because the modern cars are awful. Well, I think the one I raised for being a modern, a good-ish modern-looking car is probably the Alfa Romeo. Maybe from either this year or last year. What Leclerc's one or Giovinazzi's one? <laughs> one or the other. I'm not entirely that, sure. So sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Sorry, no, what one about? Um, 18, whatever the one was where the Alfa Romeo took over for the first year, whenever that was. The Clerks one. Probably. So that's 2018. Yeah. That's Yeah, that was a good looking car. I'll give you that. I think that was more the livery more than anything. Yeah. Okay. I think the livery yeah, shot it out more than ever. I yeah. don't think the car was particularly good looking. It, they were still adjusting to Halo and some of the regulations, and they were, the cars were a bit big. But I think they had the, the uh, livery did it well. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't that good looking car, but the livery was nice. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, that's it. We're done. We are done. We are done. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Cree. And um, Autosport, if you need any correspondence next time, 
we know where we are. Yeah, if you want an actually diverse opinion, <laughs> common callers, instead of just concentrating on the 70s and 80s, which is wrong. <laughs> just wrong. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Good, The Bad and The Cree. I've been Shorts with Fats Chris Strickland. Uh, follow us on social media at Stelvio Auto, and uh, we'll see you next time for some more hot topic debates and arguments, because that's what we're good at, isn't it, Chris? It is, yeah. yeah. Take care, everybody, and goodbye. Bye.